Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm yours, Morning, my course as usual, Aiden. Other guys, Arsenal take on Fulham at Craven Cottage. You know, a tough place and visiting an old friend, Leno. Yeah, and I mean, look, Arsenal going to the game, making again, like, almost like wholesome changes, like about five from the Europa League side in the that played the 2 2 draw against Lisbon. Um, Arsenal got the match underway. <clears throat> and I mean, the first, especially the first five minutes, Arsenal were picking the ball around, forcing, you know, almost like just the, the pure passing domination in the match. And I'm in, I must say, uh, like, almost like speaking also, like, precise part like a gooner, but also like from uh, outside perspective also. I mean, it was actually quite bizarre seeing Fulham, you know, just being led around the pitch by Arsenal with the passing and also like, you know, they're just all like chasing shadows in the beginning. Yeah, I, t- I tell you what, I didn't expect the start that yeah. happened. You know, I, I thought it was going to be maybe a cagey affair and, you know, Fulham are going to get in our faces, but I mean, it just seemed like they just gave us so much time and space and allowed us to, to settle into our rhythm. Yeah. Then in the 16th minute, Arsenal take the lead after great work by Martinelli. Sees uh, Robinson, the fullback, Fulham's fullback, steer the ball into his own net. Um, after a VAR check, uh, Martinelli was a judge to be offside. But it's not like something that I mean, also I would also bring up in in that um, game of last night. Now, but but it's like sometimes these certain aspects of our players' games where they've got the speed on their side, but it's like they don't watch their line when they get caught offside and I mean this is especially nowadays it's like quite marginal offside that leads to something like this where you think you know if you now just left it or delayed your run a little bit you're gonna still get past the fullback or uh you know the center back whatever it is yeah no and and and, and I mean it, it, sometimes those offsides can lead to something crucial I mean you know a, a few seconds split second later and I mean Martin is in and we're leading one nil so yeah. like you said you know it's just these little things that they need to just work on their game. I mean, Nicholas and Alka, I mean, maybe they should, should bring out his tapes because he used to beat the offside trap so smartly. Yeah, I see Joe watching it. Um, then 21st minute, Trossard whips in an in-swing corner. Fulham almost like more ball watching and Gabriel rises above everybody else <clears throat> and glances the ball. In pass, Leno in the Fulham goal, 1-0 Arsenal. Oh, what a goal. And I think that... Um, yeah, his third goal for the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, fantastic start. And I mean, especially something like that. Look, it's almost like the headed goals have been also coming, almost like very few and far between compared to the way it started the, uh, at the start of the season when we were quite dangerous on most set pieces. But I mean, now it's starting to look like we're starting to look a bit dangerous again. Yeah, no, I think that... Even that offside goal, like you know, you, you thought Fulham was gonna wake up, but it just they just didn't, and you know they, they conceded, and and I kind of started feeling a bit comfortable after that goal, you know, just settled the nerves. But you know, instead of those last few games where it's been quite you know tight in the opening few minutes, and I mean to go one all up at the at Craven Cottage, yeah. at, you know, just before was quite good. Then uh, five minutes later, Granit Xhaka feeds the ball to Trossard and the Belgian international. Slalom pass, uh, Tete, and then sends a looping cross. Martinelli, Martinelli again rises above uh, Robinson, the, the fullback of Fulham, and nods in an easy, uh, you know, nodded in goal, and also the 2 0 up. I mean, that that was such a, a easy idea. Like, he, like I, that, that Robinson didn't even look like he was 
trying to rise up with him. It was just too simple. I think but he just know, back over, didn't he? He just like lent like so much for almost like to create almost like more of a bridge for um, Martinelli to rise. Yes, no, and it was just, it was a very simple goal and two in Arsenal. And I mean, you know, you kind of take that. Yeah. Then 35th minute, Zaka gets played into the box after a fantastic interchange of passes between Odegaard and Trossard. But I think Zaka almost like got, you know, into different minds because it's like one point he wanted to first go around the keeper. Then he wanted to like stab the ball past the keeper. But when he gets him, his feet also in the muddle and the, the chance goes a big. Yeah, I know. That's really been a simple, you know, just control the ball and just lash it past the, or not lash it, place yeah. it past the keeper. Like it was like pass it into the net. I mean, that would have ended the game right there. Yeah. Then at the eighth minute, Trossard uh, drags a shot wide, and uh, it should have been three, but I suppose it's not like he wanted to make it even more complicated because I think if he took his right foot, he would have probably buried the chance, but it was like he wanted to go with a little weak, he's like supposedly weaker foot, and he almost like just uh, dragged the, the shot totally wide. Then for... he tries to overcomplicate things sometimes, like you know, instead of going with the basic, he tries the spectacular. And I mean, I think he has that, that real, that, you know, that Santi feel about him when you, you watch him play and he dribbles like it with the ball. I mean, like he knows, like you can't sometimes figure out what is his stronger side because I mean, he'll make a mug out of you anyway. Yeah. Then 30, uh, sorry, 42nd minute, Fulham gets a, a chance. Pereira ends up shooting over when he could have actually passed the ball to Mitrovic, but I mean, he ends up blasting over the crossbar. Then 47th minute, as we approach halftime, Martinelli frees Trossard on the left flank, the Belgian, and gets to the byline. Crosses again with a nice targeted pinpoint cross to Odegaard, who collects the ball on his chest, cuts inside, and then blasts past Leno in the Fulham goal. 3-0 Arsenal. Oh, what a goal. That was such a beautiful finish as well, because he just composed himself and smashed it in. And I think for me, it was almost game, set, match. And you know that game I was talking about where you just kind of need to um, get the head and then it was ease yourself through the game is what I was hoping for. But, you know, half-time, 3-0 Arsenal. I mean, we've all had shaky Arsenal moments when we've been 3-0 up. So, you yeah. know, I didn't feel home and dry just yet. And also another point of not Trossard with a hat-trick of assists in a match in the first half. In, in, in the first half. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was excellent, brilliant performance by the lad. Yeah. Then second half, 46 uh, minutes for them, of course, looked like a team more on a mission. Um, they looked like slightly better than what they were doing in the first half. You know, the running was a bit more, they were also closing down a little better, not giving us all that sort of space. Um, then 50th minute, Ramsdale and Mitrovic collide with the cottages, you know, throwing more and more balls into the Arsenal box. But, I mean, Ramsdale managed to, you know, get collected, but, I mean, still continuing the game. But, I mean, they were trying to up the ante with Arsenal trying to get more, con- like, you know, more control of the game than just go all out attack. Yeah, no, I think it was, there wasn't a need to, you know, you didn't have to ex- overexert yourself. It was all about just kind of playing, seeing the game out and, and, and try to capitalise where you get an advantage. Yeah. Then 17 minute, like Arsenal, again, they had a slight lapse in their defence. Josiah Mitrovic rattles the Arsenal crossbar with a bullet head. Yeah, I know it was a wake-up call because if that goes in, you know, suddenly it becomes a very, you know, two-goal lead. So always they say he's a... A difficult lead to to handle because I mean one more then is the, you know nerves are up so you know a wake up call for Arsenal. Yeah, then Arsenal made like the double substitution: um, Zinchenko and Saka going off, Tierney and Nelson coming on. Then in that second block of subs, they again made uh, Dostrosad and Martinelli coming off. Jesus, surprise, surprise, 
and then Vieira coming on. What was your take with Jesus coming on? Yeah, it was good to see him back on. I felt he just needed a few minutes and it was a good game to come on. You know, not the game where he's expected to score a brace to win us the game. He could just come on and kind of find his feet. So I was happy to see him back on the pitch. Wasn't expected, but yeah. happy nonetheless. Um, then 79th minute, Jesus plays the ball to Nelson and once, you know, the return pass. But I don't know if Nelson was like having a loss of concentration, but I mean, he ends up... You know, like often he's back on the ball, and uh, uh, by the time he gets the ball and then wants to play the ball back, just the, the fact that Nelson decides to check back with the ball, the momentum was taken out of the situation. Yeah, I was hoping maybe we could have added a fourth there just to, you know, boost that goal difference because you never know how important that becomes. Yeah. Then, uh, 80th minute, Ben White comes off, Tom Yasu coming on. That's almost like becoming like the trademark move always for Arsenal. Uh, 84th minute, Jesus then has a you know, fantastic goal scoring chance, but his shot was too tight to test Leno. But I mean, you could also see it's like somebody coming back from a, you know, four month uh, injury that he still don't have that, that sharpness back yet. Yeah, I know. Rather now in these type of games, because I mean, you know, the, 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 I mean, 3 0 up is fine, but these games are coming thick and fast soon. So, you know, all, all the better that he just has the time now to, you know, find his feet before, you know, the big things begin. And I mean, Arsenal, by the end of the 90 minutes, Arsenal in full control, holding on and then taking the three points back to North London. Yeah, I know. Excellent three points. Excellent three points. I mean, Palace, you know, they didn't help us out. They gave a silly goal away against um, against City. I mean, a stupid penalty. But, I mean, you know, we move on to, to Lisbon. You know, I'm looking at, at thinking to myself, you know, a good run in the Europa League. And while we discussed, you kind of can get your players to... To play and, and and you get a good run there. Maybe the guys can taste European silverware. And I mean, for me, um, you know, as we go into the the Arsenal Sporting match, um, <clears throat> I was actually quite positive. Like you know, going in the morning, like thinking, you know, it's two two first leg, second leg now in front of home crowd and whatever. And I mean, by the time the lineups come up out the evening, also like with a real you know strong setup like with. Uh, Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko, and then midfield, Vieira, Jorginho, Xhaka, and then up front, Nelson, Jesus, and Martinelli. Because I mean, I already thought that side alone, in its, like, you know, on its own merit, would now see us through. Any of Yes, no, I also thought that. Yeah, no, I said, I also thought that. I, I assumed that, that we would have walked this game and we would have. You know, got the pressure on Sporting Lisbon quite early on. And I mean, like the first big highlight for, for Sporting was 13th minute. Uh, Trincao ends up cutting the ball from the right, unleashing a, a left foot effort. And I mean, Ramsdale, almost like at full stretch, but I mean, almost like a warning sign for Arsenal that things are not going to be so, you know, almost like run of the mill. And in 19th minute, Fantastic ball yeah. by Jorginho. Ends up playing in Martinelli. His shot ends up getting saved by Adan. And I mean, Xhaka comes in, smashes in the rebound, and also one up. Yeah, I thought that was the start of the night, and it was going to end very well. But I mean, you know, in that celebration, shortly after, you know, we had a big blow with, with William Saliba walking off the field, which, you know, made me feel very uneasy and almost forget. We took the lead one now. Yeah, and I mean, it was, it was, it was Tommy Asso's injury also. I mean, I 
I don't know, it was just a weird vibe, and I think it almost like kind of put us totally out of our, our gameplay. Yeah, no, definitely, especially if you didn't think you, know, you you were going to make these type of subs so early on where you would have anticipated to maybe have brought in the likes of Odegaard, Jesus, not, I'm sorry, Jesus, Odegaard, Saka, and whoever on at the later point, you know, instead now you have to force your hand and make subs you wouldn't have probably have made even. Yeah, and I mean, with that, we also, like, you know, go into the second half. Also, I thought we were going to consolidate, you know, and, and really start extending the lead, but I mean, I don't know, for some reason, Sporting were also holding their own. And I mean, by the time we look again, 62nd minute, a crazy goal to equalize Paulinho with a shot easily from, I'm not sorry, Paulinho, uh, Gonsalves. And I mean, we already spoke last week about him already. I mean, he's, he's like a, one of the key players. And I mean, we give him that space. And I mean, he lets it rip from about, what, 45 yards? And it beats Ramza with ease. You know, you know, I felt it wasn't going to be a day because they mentioned that Naeem goal that was scored. You know, not not further back, but the kind of brought back memories of a European night and and Naeem, and you know, it was you know silly goal to concede. And you know, I just felt that the Sporting's game to lose because we looked all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and I mean, yes, very very true. Because I mean, 65th minute, we looked all at sea. All of a sudden, they Sporting are like you know all over us. We looked. You know, it's like out of shape at every opportunity. Then I mean, big moment, 73rd minute. Uh, uh, Edwards, I mean, he's been one of the key players uh, for for uh, Sporting the season. Also, he ends up getting racing clear of the Arsenal defense. I don't know what. I think I'm not sure if it was Rob Holding or, or uh, Gabriel played him onside. But I mean, by the time he ends up speeding off and, and getting to the Arsenal box, I mean, I was already watching the net, seeing it, you know, bounce. But, I mean, he ends up blasting point blank. And, I mean, Ramsdale ends up, you know, standing firm. And the ball smashes him full in the, the face and goes out for a corner. Yeah, I was stressed out. I was like, nah, man, this shouldn't be the way it's going. And I was hoping not to get to extra time because I'm thinking, you know what? You know, these guys can't afford to play extra time because, you know, it was almost a starting 11 that was almost on the field at one point. Yeah. Then, uh, 98th minute, I really thought, Trossard wins it for us. I mean, he ends up yeah. intercepting a Chemeti uh, a back pass. He goes through on goal. And I mean, I don't know, Adan ends up, you know, just putting a hand out. And I mean, okay, my son was complaining, like he was saying, like, that Trossard should have, it was a kind of picked his spot. But I just think he instinctively shot. And I thought that was going to be good enough to, to get us. By the time the keeper ends up pushing a hand, the ball ends up going onto the post and, and, and out for a corner. Yeah, no, very, very uh, stressful indeed. I mean, I, I, you know, I couldn't believe that we didn't go ahead there. I just felt that this game was going to peter out to penalties. Then, I mean, the second half of, of extra time, Gabriel ends up getting a, a fantastic header, but, I mean, Adan again pulls off a world of a save, palming the ball away. And, I mean, it, it looked clear on target to, to you know, score, you know, to be a goal. Yeah, and then he made another save. I mean, he made like so many saves that cleared it off the line, and it was just felt like it wasn't going to be our night. The 118th minute, Ugate gets a, a red card for taking out Saka with a you know a really poor tackle. But I mean, by then it made no difference because you could see Sporting were going to then play for penalties anyway to kill that last few minutes. Uh, the game ends up going to penalty shootout and. 
I mean, look, we t- we the, we kind of kept ourselves in the game for most parts, but I mean, look, I look, I don't know how to make somebody escape though. But uh, for me, Ramsdale looked so unprepared in that shootout because there was certain yeah. uh, certain number of that penalties that, like the one he actually gets two hands to, and, and he's almost like half palming it into the net. And I, you know, honestly, I mean, by the time they end up, you know, uh, Martinelli ends up also missing a penalty on the way there. But, I mean, I already knew my heart kind of sank because, I mean, uh, there looked also no intimidation or confidence in Rams. Yes. You know, with the penalty takers, they looked ice cold with their shoot uh, in their penalties. We look clinical for most parts, but we, after uh, Martinelli missed, I mean, I kind of knew that was it for us. And I mean, by the time, uh, what was it, Nuno Santos just blast the ball in for them. That was them through to the next round of the Europa League. Yeah, no, and I mean, now they get Juventus and, you know, possibly United. That would have been our fight. And I just think that, you know, we don't need that right now. And I mean, you know, in hindsight, yeah. um, I was very disappointed. You know, woke up that morning and felt like it was unreal. And like, did that just happen? But then, you know, when I saw that through, I'm like, did, did I really want to play 180 minutes against Juventus and then United, you know, while we're chasing or fighting with Man City, I mean, you know, it's not something I think I would have wanted to do, but I'm happy that, you know, we just need to make sure we make it count as we go now discussing the game against Palace. Yeah, first meets 12th at the Emirates uh, on Sunday. Um, one thing also just jotted down in my notes also, I mean, I just find it strange to see a team like Crystal Palace in 12th position and decide to Sack their manager. Of course, look, the board, of course, will have their, you know, reasons. But um, from what I've now read so far, uh, the rumor is uh, Paddy McCarthy, the under-21 coach, he will take charge of the match on Sunday. Um, the big pitch, uh, issue for Palace, and this is something that, that I'm not sure if you know, but there's something I picked up the last like, hour and a half, two hours ago. Um, Palace right now, they have injuries to their number one and number two goalkeepers in Greta and Sam Johnson. And word has it, the academy goalkeeper who stood in goal for them in against Brighton in, in midweek, 19-year-old Joel Whitworth, he will continue in goal for Palace. Yo, that's excellent news for us. And hopefully we can take advantage of that because I've heard many stories where the number three plays against Arsenal has a barnstorming game and we suddenly throw the points away. So, you know, f- still need to be lightning-focused and you did get, definitely catch me off guard there. Yeah, and I mean other injuries like for the Eagles as well will be Will Hughes, who's always like a you know a thorn in anyone's side. I mean you also saw the effect that he had when when they played. I'm not sure if it was Palace or it was Man City sometime back, but I mean he always does as an effect. And as well as as James McArthur, he's also possibly out the weekend with a, a knock. For Arsenal, definitely out will be you know Elneny, Nketiah, Tomiyasu, with a big doubt on Saliba situation nursing that back injury. I mean. Arteta said nothing. I think by tomorrow we probably will have a clearer picture on, on what the situation will be for the Palace game. But I mean, you know, just regards to Palace now, I mean, their key players so far has been Jake DeCorey, Michael Olise and uh, George M. Anderson. Um, with the goals, I think it's that has also been the biggest issue this season. I mean, uh, the top goal scorer is Wilfred Zaha with six and then Eze with four and Edward with three. And I mean, with, with the assist, assist um, Olise's got five. Uh, Eze with three and Zaha with two. Yeah, we, we, we let's just hope we can um, tape Zaha up because he always has a, a crazy game against us. So 
Yeah, only worry is is now you're gonna have a Rob Holding coming up against him. Because what do you do now against that? Do you do you try and shift Sinchenko right back and play Tierney um, left back and Gabriel and Ben White in the uh, centre backs, or do you kind of go and trust Holding? Yeah, I mean, look, as I said, we'll probably get you know a, a clearer picture come uh, tomorrow afternoon because I know that is when. Arteta plans to have this, uh, you know, like a bigger uh, press conference with regards to team situation and then lay out for, for the Sunday fixture. Um, we're going to move on now to the talking point section. Um, with regards to last night, I mean, if you think of the, the sort of, uh, you know, almost like what I would say, wax lyrical comments after the uh, Fulham game from Arsenal fans from different quarters and that now all of a sudden, after yesterday's game, you see a sort of real knee-jerk reaction to, to how people are not seeing the team or, or purveying how things are not played out, like, you know, in a more negative sense. Now. Do you think it's, it's rational or more irrational from some of the Arsenal fan base? Look, look I'm normally somebody that has a knee-jerk reaction after things, not not to that extent, but yeah. you you, you got to have to look at this now. The big, I know you Arsenal fans are probably also a bit pissed off because getting a lot of stick from United fans and you know, calling us bottlers and we're going to bottle the Premier League and all that stuff. But, you know, I think, put it with this perspective, what was, like, you could see is that Arsenal weren't, aren't ready for fighting on more than one front. And that's okay. I mean, we have to understand that. I mean, you know, it's not like we're playing for top four. We're playing for a Premier League where, you know, there's no margin for error. If Arsenal draw, they could have City, like, breathing down their neck. So they have to be switched on every week and I just think that you know the, the backup players weren't good enough at all um in terms of I guess to, to, to carry out the responsibility like you know a guy like Reese Nelson you know as good as he is and as savior as he is you know he might not be the answer for us in the Champions League next season so it basically just shows us that you know we're fighting for the Premier League and the squad's not big enough to fight for both and I think we could recognize that even in the group stages of things where, you know, we didn't really put teams to the sword. I mean, even when we played PSV away from home, we got kind of punished when we were lucky. It wasn't 5-6-0. So, yeah, I know Ramsdale's, Ramsdale's um, European um, outings haven't been the best for him. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, look, I'm just going to also always like, speak in hindsight. And I mean... Uh, as I said, like I'm also also your feeling now with regards to elimination. But I mean, I also was not getting that right vibe. Like you know, the way you feel when you're watching them in the Premier League. Yes. See the sort of the, the, the guile that that you know they have a sort of plan, as you say, about how they go about things. But for me, it seems we were never really going like you know, wow, like a wow performance. It was always yes, just getting over the line. Just, and I'm not saying a. a you know, like when you're going to nick a 1-0 win in, in the Premier League, you, there's a, a good warm feeling, but this, it was always, are they really that good enough? And, and it's a valid point that you make where it's all like you know for a fact it would have actually been embarrassing now, like say now, to be in the Champions League if we now played this type of, of football because I think it was also like, a, you know, what I would say, a blessing in disguise where you can see what we will need for next season, if you want to now have a, a right go at the Champions League, besides a, a, a solid a Premier League campaign, because it really shows that we're lacking. Because some, like, 
because look, you have to like the, the almost like your first eleven and your second eleven has to be ready to go. And it's almost like we always seem short in that sense. So either you're gonna burn out your first team because you're, yep. you're you don't have that, that confidence in the, the second string, or the second string play and they look totally lost and you get even more like you know embarrassed in another level again. That's the problem. That's the problem. The thing is. He was playing his first 11 to the ground consistently. It was like he didn't have trust in the backup players. Like, look yeah. at Fabio Juveira. Like, he struggled. Like, he, he hasn't impressed me of late. And I was a big fan of him when we got him in. So, he's also been struggling to find his feet. But the problem is, you can't just throw somebody in a game. Like, you have to have a big squad where you can just keep the core by rotating players in and out. Like, like you can play, like, you know, your front three. But then, you know, even if it's a Premier League game, then the likes of Trossard can play, Jesus and Saka can play. Then it's a Champions League game or Europa League game, Martinelli, Saka and Trossard. And then you like can just mix and match all the time. It's not like you're taking a full team, swapping it. You need a big enough squad where anybody, like you said, like back in the day with the Invincibles, not to compare, but a Gail Clichy, Gail Clichy and a Ashley Cole, it was like you weren't missing the other person. It's like now Zinchenko gets played into the ground because... I don't know, it's like Arteta almost can't play with TNE in the team anymore. So now TNE is almost an afterthought and like a yeah. full-on second-string player. So it, it, I think he needs to get that ba- better. Bear in mind, look, it's his easiest first time coaching. And he did it like, you know, I know people say, yeah, but Pep's first season at Barca, he did this and this. But you must remember what the team he inherited. So it's almost like now he has to find that balance. And, you know, you did mention, like you said, it's like phase three or phase five. So... You know, it's, it's it's just like you said, it shows that we're not there yet. But I mean, yeah. to, to to have a knee-jerk reaction about the Europa League, I mean, you know, the start of the season, we said our aim is to get the Europa League. Obviously, silverware is good and I would have loved it. But at the end of the day, we're still going to end up in the Champions League. So that box is ticked. But now we to choose Premier League or Europa League. I'm sure you know what one you would choose. Yeah, I mean, like you know, one thing I just wanna uh, just to bounce, you know, I was like bounce back and forth now between that sporting game last night. I mean, there's something that, that kind of infuriated me, and I, I, I didn't bring it up to you even in our one-on-ones on one WhatsApp, and that. But for me, you know, this uh, like certain stuff that Odegaard at at one point when he came on, or what Vieira was doing throughout the game, that back flicks and back tricks yep. came at the wrong time because it's only like you're trying to take. That team in the face, and I mean, they're they just shoving whatever little tricks you do back in your face. And besides that, they're dispossessing you as well. Because there were so many opportunities yesterday where I thought, I mean, if you'd like, like that one where we, I don't know if we try, uh, Vera tried to set up Xhaka for a shot, but I mean, Xhaka, you could see, was not prepared for that. And I thought he had all the space to even take the ball on and then play somebody in, or take the ball on and play. And I think Xhaka. Would have probably had an outlet on the on the left flank if you attacking the sporting goal. Yeah, no, we were just too cocky, and yeah. like you said, you know, even Trossard trying these back flicks and stuff. It's pretty yes. when it comes off, but it doesn't come off. This was a game on a knife edge, you yeah. know. It was like all hands on deck. It was about having that kind of you know trying to break your opponent down. It wasn't about trying that intricate stuff. It was just that yeah. pure determination. And they had that, and we didn't. So, and I'm sporting. I mean, I'm sure you saw that one moment. Every little touch they were getting, they were cramping up. And I thought, yes, Let's play a, a, a real ordinary game, even if people say, "Oh, yeah, it's boring." But play it stock stand because you probably would punish a team like that because 
most of the legs were gone in extra time. Arsenal still had a bit, you know, a bit of oomph in them. But we were, like, I don't know how many times I saw us lose the ball through silly little tricks and that. And that. it was like, just let in Sporting again to nip the ball off and, and almost like play position game to, uh, you know, uh, wind down the clock. Yeah, grind them down, pass wide, pass quick, switch play, run at them, yeah, stop yeah, yeah. passing it. And, and luckily what you did exactly to Fulham, do that. But it's like you said, even the crowd at the Emirates didn't seem up for it. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a big game in terms of European, um, you know, what was at stake. I mean, but I'm sure if, if the stakes were different, if we were lingering in fifth or sixth place or we were third or fourth at the moment, you know, 20 points behind the champions, you know, we we would have, or, you know, the league leaders, we would have had a different atmosphere in the stadium. But we all know where, you know, kind of, of we want where we, we want to be. Yeah. So the next point I want to bring up was um, your, like, this is now to hear your opinion now for our listeners. Isn't it? What's your take also on, like, with regards to the next game, which is like Crystal Palace, um, the next 11 games, and then, of course, the international break, does it come at the exact right time that you'd be, you know, happy with? I, I think definitely so. I think the Palace game is a very important game. I think we've struggled. We haven't beaten them since 2018 January. Um, you know, it's going to, especially after what's happened now with the Europa League. I think if Arsenal don't win on, on Sunday, suddenly there's pressure. You know, same old Arsenal, the bottlers, they're knocked out of all the competitions in a week. But, you know, this needs to show that it's different. Obviously, I'm a bit nervous because all our key players are, are you know, are, are, I think almost in the red zone. So I think it's important to make sure that this game isn't a fight or a scrap. Make sure you do what you do to Fulham in the game early. I think this international break has come at the right time, even for me as a fan, because it's been so exhausting. So, like, not in a, like, you know, I'm complaining, but all these games, all that's happened in these games, the emotions, the late drama, the this, the that, on your nerves, you know, eating your chair or celebrating, you know, it's it's been so exhausting and overwhelming. For the first time in a long time, I hope we pick up the points. We go eight points clear and we can just enjoy the next two weeks of calmness and tranquility because the net 10 games after that, I mean, we, we take on Leeds, yes, nine games to go thereafter. Then it's Liverpool at Anfield and then it's Newcastle somewhere in between. It's Chelsea, it's City. You know, it's going to be a crazy time. So, you know, I think get it eight points clear and just kind of enjoy this time away from it a bit because I'm telling you, you thought this past... You know, from the World Cup till now was stressful. I promise you the next eight games. I mean, me, this is the first time as an adult, you know, over the age of flipping, you know, 18 years old. I mean, it goes way back to when I was even, you know, when we last won the league. But this is the first time in I don't know how long that, you know, with so little games to go that, you know, we are there and there about in April. And I think... It's going to be nail-biting times, exciting times. But, you know, it's important that, you know, City drops points somewhere as well just to help us with that gap. And I mean, like, my point now like, on this matter was, the, almost like I, I call it the three R's. I mean, for me, it's going to be recalibrate, rest, and recuperate. Because I just think, I mean, for me, it's almost like being a blessing. I'm seeing Brazil already making note last week that they're not going to take any Arsenal players, like any of the, our, our, uh, like, whether it's Martinelli, or Gabriel or Jesus, are going to take any of them on the um, that the qualifiers that they they're playing there, 
And also, like with Ben White now getting omitted again by, or getting overlooked by uh, Gareth Southgate, for me, blessing in disguise, I mean, he's also another one that needs a break. I mean, it's just a pity that we can't get even some like Saka, you know, give him a bit less time or game time. Because I, I just hope they, like, you know, because you can see fatigue has caught up to them. And I think, yeah. this, if, uh, like a good, a started two weeks, uh, two week rest for, for some of these players will come in so handy. I mean, I just think to myself, same with Xhaka. I mean, if he could even like just lay off. Some of the Swiss games would be also fine for me, even the Belgians with, with Trossard, because I really want them to come back with almost like a, a fresh sense to attack those that, that remaining, like say, 10 games by then, you know, to have that sort of approach. Because I just think, especially that, I think mental strength is going to come in, is going to be a big, big factor how, you know, you don't want somebody mental, mentally tired because that's also how injuries occur. So you want somebody to be on point for that, that, that final stretch of the title race. And and you as a fan, how do you feel as a break coming? You as a feel you need a break or yes. would you have wanted the games to keep on coming? No, I mean, look, I'm fine physically. Like, you know, like, mentally I'm always upbeat because I know like, you have a sort of mindset of how the team is. But like my take is my, like no more from putting myself in the footballer's shoes yeah. or Arteta's shoes. I, I You can actually see some like Arteta also needs also like a, like him and his coaching staff need also that that sort of mental rest to also think up how they're gonna uh, you know how they're gonna approach the, the by then final ten games of the title um, thing. Um, no. Other point I wanted to bring up was the podcast schedule during the international break, which also coincides with your honeymoon. So I mean, look, the next edition of the of Canon Talk will probably be in you know almost like laying up before the um, we're probably gonna do one so post yeah. Crystal Palace and then of course yeah. you've been gone but then we also want to also set up whether you know are we going to do things leading up to the Leeds United game if you were Look, we, I, I think next I think next next weekend and I, I know we will have that two week break but I think next weekend we can also maybe add that because I'm going to be gone before the like I'll still be gone while the Leeds game happens so you know, maybe we can discuss the Leeds game you know yeah, yeah, while we just kind of preview it at, at like next week as well when we discuss um, yeah, Crystal yeah. Palace, so then we'll just um, kick back into gear, you know, after the Leeds game then. Yeah, sounds good to me. So, um, uh, guys, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Let's hope we get the three points tomorrow. Come on, you Gunners. Let's go, Gunners. <laughs>